listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy beginnings. Welcome to the Ratchet Ramblers Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noises Media. First episode of 2021. Um, happy to be here. Happy to see it to a new year, even though we are doomed. Um, <laughs> I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. Y'all know me by now. If you don't, well, just know that I'm a piece of shit, but it's all good. And I'm joined by my friend, my homie, my co-host, one of the funniest people I know. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, happy New Year. Glad to be back. Um glad to be wrapping up some of these shows because the way some of these shows been played in our face at the bottom half of 2020 i'm glad they didn't got the hell on moving into 2021 with that with that said be on the lookout for a new lineup with the the bell collective on own little women atlanta on lifetime we will see Real Housewives of Atlanta through and own, yeah. <laughs> and Love and Marriage Huntsville is making its way back at the end of the month and we're looking forward to that because they chose violence and so did they? <laughs> we want to help them be the best possible they could be with they mess. Mm, they chose. Um, li- they chose lipstick, Ellie. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> um, if you, we haven't heard anything about um, some of our OG shows. I haven't heard anything about Married to Medicine. I haven't heard anything about Black Ink or Black Ink Chicago. I haven't heard anything about Love and Hip Hop. Um, any of the? Well, take that back. Um, it is rumored that the Claremont twins will be on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. That's um, up as well, yes. Ugh. Which, like, it's good for mess, but they creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know, yeah. one of the twins was facing like twenty years in prison after her sugar daddy died while she was with him, and instead of calling for help in any capacity. She took his wallet, his cash, his credit cards, ran them up, um, and then went to jail. So, (laughs) (laughs) which I stand because, I mean, who cares? Men is trash. So, you know, but it's still creepy. The Um, only thing I know about them is that, like, I saw a before and after picture of them, and they, they scare me. (laughs) um yeah they've had a lot a lot a lot of plastic surgery a lot of skin bleaching um you know bordering on the bimbo aesthetic now um the other part that that creeps me out is like the image that they sell of themselves is bordering on incestuous um, you know, they came to popularity with a very notorious picture of them tongue kissing. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That, was, that, that was them. Yeah. Yeah. And they a lot of their photo shoots are them being really sexually suggestive with each other. Um Yeah, it's it's like Game of Thrones, but make it black. Yeah, so you know they 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 creep me out. I, I, yeah, they do creep me out, but I think they would be a good addition to Love and Hip Hop Hollywood because the last season of it, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it's it it's if they're gonna keep doing Love and Hip Hop, they need new blood. So I mean, who might as well? And Hollywood has always been the weakest franchise, so um, it would be nice to see. Marcus and Brooke back since Brooke had a baby and apparently they got married quietly. Um, it would be nice to see Ray J and Princess back considering they're going through a whole divorce. Again. Yeah. It would be nice to see um, Tierra Marie back. Especially because of how hard um well, it came out, Young Berg, when he was doing all those interviews, spilling tea like a bitch. Um, he said that he and Ray J basically colluded to make Tierra Marie look way crazier in the, you know, in those first seasons. Like she was mm-hmm. a stalker, couldn't get over him, wouldn't yeah. leave him alone. All of that was fabricated against her. So it'd be nice to see her back, especially on the heels of Ray J going through this divorce when. Princess was throwing that marriage in her face. Like, mm. you mad because I got him and I'm marrying him and I'm yada yada. It was weird. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of which, there was a thread on Twitter um, like last week about like most outrageous uh, or chaotic moments on reality TV. And some and one somebody put one of them. One of them was when uh, Ray J pushed her ass in that damn pool. That was me. Oh, oh that was you. <laughs> <laughs> and she still married him. And she still um, married. Mm. So, you know, I would I would like to see that. Um Brandy and Max, I wouldn't mind seeing them back, especially on the heels of them having some really big marital problems and some things that unfolded on Instagram Live where it was you he could be heard in the background saying, I'll fucking kill you. The baby is in the room screaming and crying. I remember that, that, yes. And then her coming out saying, he didn't hit me. You know, we just got into it. Um, It need to be some some real conversations. A lot of people don't know that domestic abuse extends far beyond physical violence. It is absolutely not normal for a spouse to tell the other spouse, I will kill you. That's not normal. Um, but I, I would, I do think we could jazz it up. I do not want to see Hazel E back. (laughs) Um, I do not want to see Masika back. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm okay without their storylines. I think you could, you could actually build something that has some authenticity versus, you know, fabricated bullshit. So, Speaking of Instagram, though, and speaking of something related to one of our shows, yesterday, um, last night, I saw a video, um, and of course it was from the shade room, Um, I saw a video of Caesar's daughter um, alleging that he put hands on her. 
Um, it was a like a 14 minute clip. Uh, she was clearly very, very distraught. Um, and she alleges that C's put hands on her, um, which. And I don't mean this to sound dismissive. I truly don't. It it does if that is true, that does not surprise me given the type of nigga that sees is. Yeah. Um I hope it's not true. All I'm saying if all I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if it is. We just had this conversation. If you are not subscribed to the Patreon, please subscribe to the Patreon. Five dollars will get you a lot. It'll definitely get you access to Ratchet Reloaded where we cover shows that we just can't bring you to the regular feed because we already have a pretty full schedule. Um, We discussed how there are ways to discipline, teach responsibility without harming your children. Yeah. There are ways to go about it. Um... I highly doubt this young woman is saying this just to say it. Um, I highly doubt she's attention-seeking behind it. She was saying that he put his hands on her and was fighting her like she was a grown man. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, we we believe victims. Child abuse is a form of abuse. There is no reason to be fighting your children. And we've seen C's with a history of being abusive to just yeah. people in general. So, you know, his friends, wishing, yeah. his friends, his, hell, his employees, hell, his, 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 the mother of his children. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I hope it's not true, but most likely it probably is because, again, it's, it's fucking C's. Yep. So we, we wish her the best we wish her physical emotional and mental healing um i don't think you can ever really be be prepared for a parent to bring you harm versus protect you from harm um so we we are sending her our best and if this is true sees we gonna drag the shit out you (laughs) let me tell you something (laughs) know that let me um, tell you one motherfucking thing, you goddamn big lip ass bitch. Let me tell you something. It's <laughs> salivating on my tongue right now. Let 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 this come out. Let this come. Woo-hoo, boy. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. You ain't never gonna hear the end of it from us. I tell you that motherfucking much. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um. So then, um, yeah, I haven't heard anything else. Um, we're covering, we'll be covering Growing Up Hip Hop Atlanta on Ratchet Reloaded, along with continuing to cover Love After Lockup. We were asked if we would be covering The Bachelor because The Bachelor is black. And my answer to that is I have not seen the lineup for the potential women. And I'm not covering no show where they are pushing non-black women a majority non-black women on a successful black man i'm not doing it i'm gonna be honest i I have not watched am bachelor like ever since that the inception of that show i've never watched it it's it's never been uh it's never been my cup of tea 
Yeah, it's never been my cup of tea, but it's damn sure not going to be my cup of tea if we're talking about a um, a show where a black man is predominantly doting on all non-black women. I don't want to see that. Sorry, we see that enough. Sorry. We see that enough on Twitter. We don't need to see that on TV. And on TV, to be honest. No, we um, mm. um, You know, if anybody checks out the first episode and there's more black women than any other type of woman on there, uh, pull our tail. Let us know. We might consider it. Could end up on Ratchet Reloaded. Um, but if not, no, no, no. Absolutely honestly, not. Honestly, if we do, it'll probably end up on Ratchet Reloaded because that's what we usually drag uh, non-black people a lot. So, <laughs> um, it 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 doesn't have any space um on our regular feed because we like to cover predominantly black um franchises. Um, you know, we we took a chance on Salt Lake City. I'm not sure if we'll be bringing it back. Um, I thought we would see more of Mary, which is a gripe I had when we get to Salt Lake City. Um, but if you notice, we don't really get too knee deep into predominantly white reality shows. So, you know, there's that. Um, but yeah, that's that. So let's get let's get into the bullshit because I've got notes. Um, but we're gonna go to one of our breakout shows, Ready to Love Last Resort. This is the episode before the season um, finale, which is next week. So this is um, episode 10, Love and Lost. And this episode opened up with some devastating news about Joy's sister passing away just hours Mm. after she had spoken to her. Um, I just cannot imagine how devastating that is. To talk to somebody and hours later you're getting a call that they have passed away. They didn't give any other details. They didn't need to. Um, Joy leaves the resort to go be with her family in Chicago. Tommy clues the rest of the contestants in on what's going on. Jay is visibly distraught. Um, and he kind of goes up to his room and we don't see him till the next day. And in that, Calfani and Denise have a conversation. And Denise tells him well, Calfani and Denise had two conversations. Denise asked Calfani where they stand. And Calfani says, at one point, you were my number one pick. And, you know, your behavior and your actions became an issue. And in that time, Adriana um, worked her way into my heart. Correct. Um, Denise takes it very personal that she went from number one and number two versus taking accountability. And then they have another conversation where she tells him and decides to play the worst game of strategy ever. And she goes, well, I'm falling in love with Anthony and me and you got to break up. Girl, what the fuck was that? California is sitting there visibly confused and weirded out. As he should. Because one girl, I this is a dating show. Y'all not together. You can't break up with somebody that you never was uh, is, uh, mutually exclusive with in the first place. None of you here are exclusive to anybody. This is a dating show. Mm-hmm. And the fucked up part about it is you were, you were his number one 
this is a dating show. All of y'all are supposed to have options. Every single last one of y'all are supposed to have options. It is getting to the crunch time, and I understand that. But leading up to this, all of y'all are supposed to have options because it's a dating show. You were his number one option. He was okay that you were his number one. He was your number one option, but you might have had other options because it's a dating show. You dropped from being number one option because you acted stupid and not acting like it was a fucking dating show. You have nobody to blame but yourself. Uh-huh. And this was the worst strategy I've ever fucking seen. This is... Oh, I'm, I'm gonna break up with you. I'm falling in love with somebody else. One, he could tell you was lying. That's not, like You didn't even sound convincing. That's number one. And number two... In trying to play tip for tat, you ended up losing him and also losing the other nigga that could have been an that could have been an option for you too. So you played yourself twice. What the fuck? Why did you do? Why did you do that, Sharon? Mm-hmm. Why? What? Why do? Why do you not want to treat a dating show like? I, I, watching this show, this makes me. Watching this show has alerted me that people don't know how to date. No, they don't. When you are put in a situation where it is literally okay and literally the purpose for you to date around, see see who you are most compatible with, have an option, but also have another option, have another option, and also have another option, and your option can also have options and options, and that option can have options because it's a dating show. How do you fumble it this bad? If you are one of those people that is like, I can only date one person at a time, that's okay. You just did not need to come to this fucking show, though. Period. Because you don't wasted everybody's goddamn time. Now you're up here looking stupid. Because this was stupid. I'm sorry, friend. My bad. No, no, no. Be my guest. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, and then her reasoning for doing that was she wanted to see if Calfani was going to fight for her. He's only interested in you and Adriana. What? What is the fight? What does there need to be a fucking fight at? What are you, after it's not the beginning where it was 10 men and 10 women. There is no fight to be had. To this man's one and two. And if you had a, even a lick of sense as an adult, you would address your behavior and say, hey, I know that I initially came off really strong and possessive. That's not normally me. I'm just really excited at the prospect of building whatever it is we have going. And I just got a little too excited. And I know how to dial it back so that you don't think this is a common pattern of behavior. But for you, it is a common pattern of behavior. Because she's fucking stupid. It's a common pattern of behavior. So it's her being being possessive and again, not treating a dating show like a dating show. Girl, what the fuck? Why do I need to fight for you when we are literally on a dating show? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jay, the next day we see Jay suited and booted. Uh, he has a conversation with Winner 
and lets her know that he's going to he's leaving the resort. He's going to go to Joy and be there for her in any capacity that she needs while she's grieving with her family. Um, he says that he does not feel right staying here, knowing that she's in that much pain. Um, I hated that they recorded Joy having that breakdown. Um, I wish that had been a private moment for her. I agree. I feel like we didn't need to see that. Um, she should have been allowed space to grieve without us being in like in, invited to that. That was for her. I didn't like that they recorded. Yeah, that. they could have. They told us what we needed to know, and they could have been left at that. Exactly. Um, Jay, you know, Winter says she understands. She gets it. Jay tells every the other people that you know he's leaving. He's going to go to Joy. He's going to be there for her. She needs him. She needs a support system. And my friend Jeremy pointed out how the camera pans to Edwin with the I eat shit face. <laughs> yeah, they didn't need to do that. I, it was funny that they did, but they didn't need to do that. This was about Jay being like, hey, I got to go support my lady. And they panned to Edwin's ass. Edwin just up here looking like Squidward. <laughs> he, he, he just looking like. He's just looking just sad and just defeated. Probably not not be well, let me let me not let me not be a total asshole. He is probably fucked up that you know that she is experiencing that. But he is also fucked up because Jay is like, hey, I got to go get my lady. And this nigga just up here just saying I don't lost her. <laughs> he up here looking like sad Pikachu. And y'all yep. producers, y'all ain't shit. Cause we didn't, y'all didn't need to pan up on that nigga face. <laughs> Cause y'all didn't pan on nobody else's face. Y'all did it did two shots. Y'all did the doctor, the host, y'all did Jay, and then y'all pan to him. Y'all ain't pan on nobody else's face. <laughs> y'all ain't shit. Nobody else. And I peeped it. Um <laughs> Um, so then they have their little meeting with, with Tommy and Edwin says that he's deciding to leave. He doesn't <laughs> believe he's found love on this journey, but instead <laughs> fell in love with himself. <laughs> but nigga, you leaving because you got bested. Like you 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 didn't think to do the same shit Jay did and you look a plum fool. Because for real, when me and Mike was watching it, the first thing I said was, I bet you Jay is going to leave and go to Joy. He's not mm-hmm. going to stay there. He ain't got no reason to Joy, ain't though. He ain't got no reason to stay. I was like, he not going to stay there. Joy not there. And lo and behold, my nigga put on his suit, packed his bags, and got the hell on to go be Looking with good woman. in the suit, too. Yeah. Then, you just, over, then you just look at Edward. <laughs> Edwin just looking ridiculous as hell. That nigga said I fell in love with myself up here sounded like up here sounded like he going through a breakup on Twitter. <laughs> I just I just gotta focus on me right now. <laughs> nigga sounded know? like Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all is the love I found in me. <laughs> the greatest dumb of all time. <laughs> Come on, Edwin Houston. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you, ain't find, like, you ain't fell in love with your goddamn self, but you just realized what the fuck therapy was like two weeks ago. If you don't get out my damn face, and they gassing them up like 
and, and Tommy sitting up there talking about, you know what you did? You know who you fell in love with while you was here? Yo, step, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up with that bullshit. Tommy, that defeats the... You ain't here to fall in love with yourself. You fall, here to fall, find if you can fall in love with you, somebody else. You didn't else. have what no the... business being here in the first place if you wasn't never in love with yourself and ready to love. Exactly. Like, nigga... Shut up. Didn't we didn't we call that though a couple of weeks ago when he had that conversation with was it Adriana, I think? It was somebody mm-hmm. I it was somebody and he was just showing so many signs of like emotional in, immaturity. And we was like, nigga, you don't need to be here in the first place because you're wasting everybody's time. I forget who he was talking to though. We we've been called him out because we was like the fact that you have gone through all this stuff, you've been in the military, you've been a police officer. You've been through all these traumatic things, yet you've only minimally scratched the surface with mental health. You, you not ready. Yeah. We've been said he was not ready. Yeah, but this out was stupid. Like, yeah, nigga, you weren't ready, but it didn't have a damn thing to do with you falling in love with yourself. You leaving, you leaving because you leaving because you uh, you got bested. That's what that was. That's all it was too. That's all it was. Nigga said, "I'm focusing on me." <laughs> we sitting there looking like, saying, "What?" Okay, sure. Nigga uh, said, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm in love with myself." <laughs> Nigga said, "That sounded like a Hallmark card." I fell in love with myself, and self love is the greatest love. Boy, shut the fuck up, please. Up and sounded like a Drake lyric. Boy, shut the hell up. <laughs> so then after Edwin leaves, we left with uh, Denise, Adriana, Winter, um, Rashid, uh, Calfani, and Anthony. And... Calfani and Anthony have a conversation. Now, people on Twitter was like, oh, Calfani being a chatty patty ass nigga and blah, blah, blah. But my thing is, it's about finding love. Denise was trying to strategize. She didn't want to go home, which I don't get that because if this man was your number one and he's now made you number two, what's the reason in staying there? Not like that. Hold if, on, if that's cause... who got your heart and that's who you wanted to be with and he no longer sees it for you why, why stay well not only that but my issue because cause you watch the show um, when the timeline watching I watch it usually on my own but like okay if you want to call Calfine and Messi then what the fuck was Denise doing then because Denise been messy for like 84 years on this motherfucker show just being goofy because about on a dating show about dating so like I'm sorry, but okay. And if he was being messy, shit, fair trade. Because Denise been acting messy and stupid for like damn near a whole season. <laughs> when she didn't yeah. have to. If she just was smart enough to treat a dating show like a fucking dating show. So like, I... Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, y'all. Like, I know niggas is trash and niggas is messy, but... 
Denise was just being stupid. Like, like we if you want to say Kalfani being messy, he wouldn't have needed to be messy if Denise would just act like she got some goddamn sense and treat a dating show like a fucking dating show. Like, what are, like what do we talk about here? She got nobody to blame but herself. Pretty much. Because I wouldn't want to be with somebody moving like that. Like, girl, I'm Girl, we are on a dating show. We are not married. We have not. We are not in a exclusive mutual relationship. I, we are here to see if we got options and fill out those options and blah blah blah. I was doing that. You wasn't. That's your bad, not mine. At all. At all. And the crazy part was, you was one of my number one. But then you started moving like a goofy, and I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Again, that's your bad, not mine. Period. Period. Mm. Um, so then Denise tells Winter about her little plan with Calfani and da 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 and and even Winter is like, yeah, this seems disingenuous as fuck. Yeah. It's, and even Winter, who also has had issues treating a dating show like a dating show, but she ain't, she ain't doing no stupid shit like this. Yeah. I want to talk about somebody who I wish wasn't on this goddamn show. And I think she literally has gotten by because she is, is cute. Fucking Adriana. <laughs> we don't know nothing about this LeBron. <laughs> I'm not LeBron. <laughs> she don't bring nothing to the table. She's not interesting. We don't know shit about her. And I hate the fact, and this, to, in my opinion, I feel like her being one of the youngest people there, um, it didn't really bring anything because she can't even answer questions like a woman. Rashid asks her like where do we stand where are we going to try to go from here and she can't even give him a straight answer she be stuttering and talking in circles tell that man that Kalfani is who you really are digging and stop playing in that man's face cause that man right. trying to have a future with you true and any if you can't if you're not woman enough to answer a question head on when somebody ask ask you, I don't feel like you need to be on a show like this. Yeah, like the thing is, even if you feeling Kalfani more, there's a way to go about that. Like, like how Cal, like how is going. Like, yes, I have my number one. Um, yes, I am feeling you, but I'm also feeling this person uh, a bit more. But that could change depending. Yeah. Like, that's how you answer that. I'll, and that's, uh, again, that's why I'm so stupid on goddamn Denise part that she did that stupid shit because I would have preferred that she stayed just because we know more about her, but she wanted to be a goddamn goofy and we stuck with Adriana, <laughs> who we don't know yep. nothing about. Pretty much. Pretty we just know that she's cute and she, and she got that hair. And that's it. Which, uh... <laughs> then that's a wig. <laughs> I don't wig. mean to be funny. He's a wig. He's a, <laughs> He's a wig. He's I mean, a wig. Listen. I mean, listen, ain't nothing wrong with wigs, but I mean, a wig is a wig. 
Ain't... <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I mean to be rude, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we're <'cause> we... <laughs> the lace is lace. <laughs> <laughs> No, ain't nothing wrong with it. I just, I just, I feel like she been skating by. That's my problem with her. It ain't got nothing to do with her looks. It ain't yeah, no, nah, these are just, nah, yeah, these just jokes. I think but she's nah, for a, real, a gorgeous woman. But yeah. I do think she's just been allowed to skate by, and it's kind of, you know, some bullshit. No, I other agree. women I have been doing the work. Other women have been being vulnerable. Yeah, even to the point of stupidity. Denise. <laughs> Denise, 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 old Denise. I couldn't believe you went out foolish. You went out super foolish. Then had the nerve to be mad. Then had the nerve to be mad. Uncle Tommy kind of calls everybody in the room and tells them to reconcile their love triangles because next week, folk, they got to decide who's going to be meeting each other's families. Um, And after this, this is where shit get hilarious because... Anthony tells Denise, you know, that he's choosing to focus his energy into winter. Um, he doesn't feel like she's genuine with what she says. Because she tried to gas Anthony up talking about, you've been my A1 day one. Like, that's not true. Exactly. Everybody knows it. Like, the thing is, the same way the women sit in the little space with Uncle Tommy is the same way the men do. The men have discussed your behavior with Calfani. You was damn near ready to fight Adriana over Calfani. How Anthony been your A1 day one when you've been ready to fight this girl over this one man? Right. You I'm played good. in his face. You thought he wouldn't see it. But that, you know what, friend? People, women and men alike tend to do people who have demeanors like Anthony. Like they take it for granted. Like he laid back. He not like real in your face, not real aggressive. Yeah. And they kind of take that as passive and dumb. You know, they think people like that don't peep game and when somebody playing in their face. But he did and he told her and then he was like, you know, and Calfani has chosen to, you know, put his efforts into Adriana. And she like, I need Calfani to tell me that himself. And then she in the confessional talking about, see, that's the issue. Men ain't willing to work for it. Work for what? Y'all not together. Y'all are on a dating show. Y'all not committed in a relationship. Y'all are not agreed to date exclusively because that goes against the rules of the show that you, you are on because the show you are on is about a dating, is about dating, having options, feeling those options out, doing, <clears throat> excuse me, the work is filling those options out. The work is not chasing you because, again, there's no need to chase because, again, this is a dating show. It's a dating show. And, and also, why would I want to chase and do the work with somebody that's playing ball head games? Yeah. All right, let's get to the root. Why would I want to chase you if I see you out here being a bozo? Because you have been acting like a bozo for several weeks on this motherfucking show you've been territorial and like candace just said damn they're ready to fight somebody over us just talking and getting to know each other like we are supposed to be doing on a dating show 
when you could have been taking the time to actually talk to Anthony and see could he have been um, an A1. Maybe not from day one, but an A1. You could have been taking the time you took looming over them like you a goddamn security guard. You could have been taking that time to, to begin to know Anthony. But you know what you did? You didn't do that because you acted stupid. Why would I want to chase you when you, I see you acting stupid? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. No, well, like I could be interested in you, but I see you acting like a boat. So you know what I'm gonna do? Slide to the left. Cha cha, real smooth now. And yeah, I wouldn't have played with you. I'm sorry. And when Calfani came over, he said the same thing. He was like, "I'm I'm cool with just leaving us where we at, and that's you know, quote unquote, broken up." Again, played yourself. Yeah, because ain't that what you said? Ain't that what you said? We got to break up. Well, now the niggas agreeing with you, so now why you mad? You didn't chase me. You didn't fight for me. Why would I want to fight you when we're on a dating show? Why would I want to fight for you when I've made it known that I'm interested in you and you have gone out of your way to turn me off? I d- Thank you. She had to. She had to like this nigga. Don't like her like he did, but he saw you being a goofy. That is that is your fault, not his. Truly your fault. Sometimes you gotta ghetto. own when you played your damn self. The ghetto. The ghetto. The ghetto. Truly. If this is what dating looks like, leave me the fuck out of it. I'll just stay up. I'll just stay by myself. Shit, fuck it. Cause y'all, this is yeah. just just dumb. Just dumb as hell. For no reason. All this could have been avoided if you had just tr- and I know I've been saying it, we've been saying it, and this and it's been beating a dead horse, but goddamn it, the bed's repeating. If you would have just treated a dating show like a dating show, you wouldn't be in this situation. If you would just focus on yourself. And run your race, you will still have a place on Come this on, damn bars. show. <laughs> Come on, bars. <laughs> but you didn't. Come on, Candace B. Rocker. Let me know. Shit, tell me something. Mixtape <laughs> coming soon. <clears throat> New Year, same dummies. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the show title. That's the show title. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that was and Denise left and so next week um, Calfani, Rashid, Adriana Winter and Anthony will meet each other's families and we'll find out who's ready for love um, indeed I've enjoyed this show I'm, I'm, I can honestly say yeah. next next let's head over to Atlanta because I don't got much I got notes, but I don't got much. Like, it's a lot of shit I could clump together. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, season 13, episode 3, 10-10-2020. Uh, I just want to throw out that Drew and Candy have the worst opening taglines. Candy talking about little candy always sweetens the tea. Bitch, you putting candy in tea. <laughs> Okay, I'm so glad we're here because if you weren't going to bring it up, I was. And Drew's talking about what? some 
I was part of the game, but now I'm the coach. You was in the game for six and a half episodes. Leave us alone, Drew. Drew, please. Please leave us alone. Please. please. Drew, please. You're please. not nearly as famous as you would have us believe. Please. Because I really thought Drew Sidori was a made-up character on the game when it aired. <laughs> so that's like I thought it was a made up pop star. So that tells you everything you need to know about Drew Sidor. You are so rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why I'm disgusted with Candy's tagline though. Cause you a vet. You a OG. Right? And don't usually you don't you also know why I don't like it? It's cause usually Candy's taglines from seasons prior have had something to do with money. And you can say a lot of things about Candy Burris. A lot of them will probably be accurate. Cause she but definitely she ain't a broke bitch. She is but not talking a broke about bitch. A little candy sweetens the tea. No, no, leave us alone. That's stupid. You stupid. Also, Candy, I, it's not lost on me that you have transition transitioned to, to to being the new Sherelle of this show. Yeah, and I don't like it. But, but like, but like being in everybody's shit except for your mammy. I mm, mm. let's talk about it. We'll clock everybody except Mama Joyce. Looking. Listen, mm. Mama Joyce over there looking like Charlie Wilson. Girl, fuck you. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> you are so fucking annoying. Oh God! Come on, let's play. We can't spend too much time on these dumb bitches. Uh, I just gonna say some shit like that. <laughs> like we can't spend too. <laughs> oh, there goes Mama Joyce's face. <laughs> okay, okay, I got okay. Oh, you've been saving that one, have you? I can tell you, you've been saving that one, have you? No, it, I, that shit just came off the top of my head, oh. if you're being honest. I thought that one you had been saving, but either way, nigga. Fucked up. I'm just a fucked up person. That's all. <laughs> okay. Joyce Wills? Okay. <laughs> Okay. You imagine okay. that bitch moving that bang, crit walking. <laughs> with a K. Or shoot me the dude With one of them zoot suit clowns. Oh, uh, Harlem Renaissance ass. Yeah. <laughs> a zoot blouse. <laughs> 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 okay. 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 Mama Joyce's black bottom. <laughs> no, okay. That's All not right. Not. Now, you know what? Let's move. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Okay, I quit. I quit. So I quit. annoying. <laughs> okay, okay. So after <laughs> we haven't we haven't seen Candy. Speaking of, we haven't seen Candy in a lot of scenes with the other girls. Oh, congratulations to Riley on graduating high school. Yes, preparing to go off to college. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, I know we talk about that baby looking older a lot. I'm gonna stop doing that though because I. <laughs> I, I imagine that she sees a lot of those comments on the internet. And so I just want to publicly say that um, I'm definitely going to pull back on the Riley looks old jokes. Um, I don't think she looks old in general. 
I think the way Candy allows that girl to be dressed and styled and made up, she makes her look older. Like if she, yeah, she I agree with has that. the stylist that for somebody Candy's age versus bringing in somebody to style Riley to look like an 18 year old girl. Yeah. Like the the wigs and the hair look old, the makeup be looking she, old. The way like they be styling her to look like Mama Joyce. Ugh. <laughs> and I, so no, I don't think Riley looks old. I think when we see her on TV made up, um, she looks older because of how she's styled. That's it. Um, I also think that I, she. I also th- I just think Riley be tired because child that family. I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will wear that that family will wear anybody thing to be honest. Yeah, I mean you I got Mama Joyce over there. Here you got here you got Todd over there. Here you got Candy. It's just a lot to deal with. Yeah, it's a lot on one child. Um, exactly. Candy, Cynthia, and Kenya <clears throat> do like a a black girl magic fit camp, and Kenya describes herself as having fallen into a vat of fat, having gained thirty pounds. Damn. Um. The weight don't look bad on Kenya. You know what looks bad on Kenya? Stress. <laughs> stress. Stress from yeah. dealing with this divorce and this Mark situation looks bad on Kenya. I hadn't even noticed that Kenya gained weight. You know what I noticed? Kenya's face looks old and, and haggard. That's yeah. the one thing I noticed about Kenya. The the wrinkles, the lines, the her eyes look dead, all of that shit. I had not noticed that Kenya had gained 30 pounds because it does not look bad on her. No, it doesn't. Well, it uh, but it's still bad fuck... on any of them, to be honest. No, it doesn't. But it's still fuck Kenya. Um, hmm. After they little workout, Cynthia tells the girls about the wedding and her plan to invite two hundred fifty people to risk their lives um, <laughs> to watch her get married for a third time during the pandemic. <laughs> and the conversation quickly turns to prenups with both Kenya and Candy encouraging Cynthia to get one. I don't want to be funny. But be funny. What do Cynthia have? <laughs> Lake Bailey, the wine cellar. Okay, um, Cynthia Bailey, net worth two and a half million. Mike Hill, net worth uh, 12 million. Mm. Mm. His salary on uh, he has won two Emmy Awards for covering high school football. He's also hosted ESPN's NFL Live and Baseball tonight. Um, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm, be I'm funny. being funny. Be, I'm be being funny. funny. What do Cynthia have? <laughs> And we're like, and I want to run this back because if we remember when we talk about net worth, that don't mean cash. Right. That just mean assets that you have. But like, I wonder what her what her cash assets are for her to feel like she need to be trying to get a prenup on somebody that's worth uh five and a half times more than her. <sighs> I just, you know, I. Mm. Also, why the hell are you listening to Kenya about a prenup when Kenya didn't even get one with Mark? Because what do Kenya have? Uh, well. Well, let me take that back. I'm Googling that word because I want to make sure I don't put my foot in. Okay. Kenya Moore. 
is an American reality television actress and model who has a net worth of $800,000. Wait, say it again? $800,000. Mm. 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 That is... Uh, I, how, how the fuck? <laughs> Wait a minute. How the fuck you giving Cynthia by Cynthia's worth like more than double than can you? Uh, mm, 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 mm. Candy Barres is worth thirty million dollars. God damn! God damn! <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, but I Candy mean, got very lucrative businesses, and that does not shock me. Down to her sex toy line. Well, no, like I do can I do can have money, but damn. <laughs> Yeah, Candy got some coin. Um, but Candy and Todd have a prenup. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. But Cynthia. <laughs> I mean, no shade, but Cynthia. <laughs> I mean, I mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. All I'm saying is that that advice that advice makes sense coming from Candy, even though it's ain't even though she's giving it to Cynthia, which doesn't make any sense for Cynthia to have it. But it damn sure don't make no damn sense coming from Kenya. Cause now listen to this hot shit. Mark Daly has a net worth around thirty five dollars, and he what? earns about a hundred fifty thousand per month. Most of that income came from his innovative restaurant. Daly's net worth has uh, undoubtedly been enhanced thanks to his previous career. They saying Mark Daly only worth $35. I had to pause when you said it because I thought you was being funny. He is worth $35. I think, but I do think that is due to what happened in the pandemic. Um... But yeah, uh, <clears throat> Nene still has a net worth of fourteen million dollars. Good for her, even though you went out sad with the Bravo shit, Nene. Um, yeah, and I wish she hadn't. But that's another story for another day. Yeah, we already uh, talked about that. You know. Yeah, and Kenya didn't get a prenup, and she definitely seems to regret that decision. But you really don't have that much money. So that's why you should be unworried. Like you're not you're not no millionaire. So that's why you shouldn't have the worries that you that you claim to have. Because you know when you get down to cash assets and shit like that, you know Mark ain't got he can't take you for nothing you don't got, sweet pea. Um, we yeah, can't can get rid of the broke girl of the show. Portia, Portia worth less than Kenya. Oh, she. Uh huh. Only worth about four hundred thousand, and we we say in broke in terms of socialites and reality TV stars, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. what we're saying. We not four hundred thousand dollars in a net worth ain't nothing to sneeze at. Right. I'm right. only we worth about, that much dead. So I'm just <laughs> right. We t- we talking about these people, not not everyday people. You know. Correct. Yeah. Cause listen, let me um, tell you something. For, 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 listen, I will take Kenya's money now. <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> Hello. But Hello. anyway. <clears throat> um, so yeah, then we we see Portia back from protesting and bullshitting, 
and she's going <laughs> to a pool party. <laughs> and ten years back, and this my issue with non-American black folks is how nonchalant they are about uh, police brutality in America. Um, Tanya talked about, Tanya said that Black Lives Matter was just social justice stuff that she really don't know nothing about. Um, you black mama, you a black woman. We see what happened to Breonna Taylor. We saw what happened to Sandra Bland. It shouldn't just be social justice stuff. That's the, it's a matter of life and death if you're a black person. And for y'all to be acting like racism is just not nearly as bad as anywhere else other than the U.S., y'all's a goddamn fool and a lie. I'm gonna be honest. One, I thing, one, oh, one universal truth is they hate niggas everywhere. True. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I didn't even realize and recognize that was Tanya until you just said it. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, get this slack jaw bitch off my TV. I don't want to <laughs> see her back. Like I, I just I didn't even realize that they had brought her back for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, how I mean. I'm sorry, but I did uh, until you just said that. I I was like, oh shit, that was Tanya. <laughs> yep. Um, Portia gives us a dentist update, and unfortunately, well, fortunately, if you ask me, she is no longer the hot dog queen, and she and Dennis are broke up. And Again. she says that the quarantine for them started off like a honeymoon. They was fucking everywhere, cooking everything, Ew. and then it turned it right. Then it turned into hell. And um, they're not to, they're not together. And we meet the lady that is throwing the pool party that Portia called a family friend. This lady named Fallon. And it must be nice to act like it's not a pandemic going on in the world. It must be. It must be. Because not only did this bitch throw a pool party, she broke out her hookah. Which is probably the single worst activity you can engage in amid a goddamn global pandemic. Mm-hmm. And like the thing, the thing is like the when they was filming this, the pandemic was still in full swing. Like we yes. know that this isn't like like we know that this isn't like right now, right now. But like nigga, they just stopped filming like what November ish, October. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there, so they had been like, nigga, the pandemic popped off this time last year. <laughs> like, we had a whole literal year of a pandemic, and these niggas were still filming. So, like, <laughs> we went a whole year in a Panderoso, and these motherfuckers just partying like it ain't no big deal. Until, until, until production literally, they had, had to literally force production to stop because the shit got real to them. Exactly. Uh, okay. I don't like Ralph. And I think Drew is boo-boo the fool. Because this man got another woman somewhere. He does. He seems sneaky, snaky, and like a true fuckboy. I don't like him. 
he agreed to go to marriage counseling. I don't think it's gonna work. He gaslights yeah. her about his behavior. Um, he seems very controlling. Yeah. Obstinate. I'm, argumentative. Yeah. Yep. Just I, I don't like him. He he just seems like a footballer. Like when when Drew said like I got us a marriage counseling, he's like, "Have you already spoken to her?" And she was like, "Yes." Yeah, so you've already spoken to her and given her a bias, nigga. What? Huh? Why did, is that where your mind jumped to? You know why? Because you're a fuck nigga. Yep. And you know if y'all go if y'all go to that counseling, that counseling is gonna expose your fuck nick your fuck negativeness. Yep, your fuck niggatry. Correct. I don't like him. Uh, not a fan. Just do not, not like all. him. Not at all. Um, Cynthia's becoming a fucking bridezilla, which to me Yo! is very. She really is. It's really weird considering it's her third marriage, third wedding. Mm. Right, and is what is I want to know is what have you learned from the other two instances? Because Cynthia be having weddings like motherfuckers throw backyard barbecues. Every every three to four years, Cynthia getting fucking married. I don't even know who her first husband was. Shit, let me Google it. <laughs> But it's like Cynthia loves the idea of wedding. She don't love the idea of actually being married. At all. She doesn't at all. Um, Especially the wedding sets the the tone for the marriage. Girl, what? That ain't how none of this work. You're supposed to have a tone in your relationship where before you think about getting married and having a wedding. So you exactly. say, so you saying y'all you saying the tone for your relationship ain't good right now until it, until y'all have the wedding? Well, I take that back. This is her second marriage. She was just engaged before. Oh, okay. She was engaged to Jason Williams. Um, she turned down a marriage proposal from Russell Simmons. Ooh, she dodged the bullet there. Um, yeah, she had a relationship which resulted in her daughter with Leon. She married Peter in 2010, Oof. divorced in 2017. And now she's married to Mike Hill. So forgive me, this is not her third her third marriage. But even still. She's just goofy. She's being a bridezilla. Um, she goes to look at her venue. And her sister and Mike are there. And everybody is telling Cynthia, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Safety comes first. Why, why not just do something small at, your, at Lake Bailey? You know, intimate friends and family. She's upset. She's damn near yelling, telling uh, Mal that she don't have her back. She's not on her side. Um, and in the confessional, Cynthia says that she don't, unlike Mike, she doesn't want to just get married because she believes that weddings set the tone for marriage. The foundation of the relationship set the tone for marriage. Cynthia, what the fuck are you talking about? It's obvious from your previous relationships and your previous marriage that you have yet to learn 
the wedding don't mean a goddamn thing if the relationship is not where it should be. What are you talking about? You are 50 plus fucking years old talking about wedding set the tone. No, they don't. <laughs> it's your big ass age. No, they age. don't. It's your big ass age. A damn fool. Fucking flunky. Just stupid. Um, and you want to have a wet, you want to have a wet, you want to set the tone in the middle of a Panderoso. The the wildest part to me also is that Cynthia has a wedding coordinator talking about they have lots of indoor and outdoor space and everybody will be wearing face shields. Fallacy number one. You are supposed to wear a mask underneath your face shield. Those plastic face shields are not the only thing you have to wear when you wear them. You should be wearing a mask underneath those face shields. Two, the whole time they are at this venue, Mike Hill don't got his fucking mask on properly. When we saw the actual pictures from the wedding, very few people were masked up and masked up properly. There was no social distancing. People were on top of each other, taking pictures together and all kind of shit. I don't have a lick of respect for Cynthia. I'm sorry. You prioritized your very surface level wants and needs over the safety of 200 plus people who would be dispersing and going home to thousands and thousands of, of people and having contact with them. You are fucking trash. Sorry. This could have this could have waited. It should have waited. It should have waited. Like she wants it all and will literally risk people's lives to get to get it. Down to her own. Like girl, down we to her a, husband's own, his kids. Like girl, we Every in a thing. We in a Go pandemic. Ahead, it, it ain't like we're going in a goddamn well. Oh, let me take that back. We shouldn't be going in a goddamn well. They should have waited. It could have waited. But you know when you do when you do bozory. And last but certainly not least, Cynthia's tagline, which is "I've been through the peaks and the valleys, and now I'm head over heels." Well, with all them goddamn nature analogies, bitch, you couldn't see the forest for the trees with that goddamn COVID ass wedding. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I just I don't I don't care for it. I'm sorry. And I feel this way about anybody, famous people, everyday people. Um, if you can have into an intimate wedding that minimizes risk as much as possible in a pandemic, I don't have no respect for you. There was no reason to have 250 people at a wedding because I guarantee you on a daily basis, Mike Hill and Cynthia do not talk to 250 fucking people. Right. And if they do, something wrong. That is the most appalling part of this. 
that they literally do not keep in contact with 250 fucking people on a regular basis. And we Dang, know. I can't even count. I can't even count 250 people. I don't shit, know if I know 250 people. I, that too. <laughs> shit. So that that's that's that on that. Let's move on over. Let's let's head up to Mormon meltdowns in Salt Lake City. <laughs> that was good. While we was gone, uh, they they aired two episodes: episode seven, fashion faux pas, and episode eight, hot tub confessions. Mm-hmm. Uh. Hmm. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start off dragging who we want to drag, or do you want to build up to it? We we could we could we could build up to it. It's not a lot that happened in these two episodes, which was honestly, good. Man, that's that's why um, I asked that because we went too much. We we find out that Jen struggles with anxiety and depression, and she takes medication to cope. Um, so, and she she reveals that a bulk of her anxiety came after her father passed away. Um, and in typical stupid nigga fashion, Sharif tells Jen she don't need meds, just prayer. <sighs> and as usual, straight black men miss the mark when it comes to mental health. Um, but in a in a beautifully surprising manner, her son steps in and says that he loves her no matter what, and the medication is nothing to be ashamed of. I want I want black people to listen, there's nothing wrong with your faith. There's nothing wrong with having faith. There's nothing wrong with practicing faith. But you gotta learn to let that shit go and shut the hell up some goddamn times. Prayer doesn't prayer is not a substitution for taking mental health and things of that nature seriously. It is nothing wrong with praying. It is nothing wrong with believing in a higher power. But my nigga, if I am depressed, I can't just be like, hey God, hey, it's me, your boy. Get rid of my depression and that shit just go away. That's not how this works. At all. And I need black people to to let that shit go. Now, I'm not trying to take away your point. Straight niggas definitely do not take mental health as seriously as we need to. Lord knows we don't. Um, but just black people in general, we please let that shit go. I am begging. I'm not saying let your faith go. I'm not saying let prayer go. What I am saying is learn when to shut the hell up. Bingo. Uh, um. Something about the way Lisa raised her kids is weird to me. Uh, her son saying he want to be a lady slayer. I that was I, when it that gave me Reddit. It gave me it gave it was giving me Reddit, friend. It's definitely giving me future incel. Yes, yes, yes. It was it was giving me. Uh, uh, ooh, let me not say that. Um, <laughs> it was. I was about to say something extremely fucked up. Um, it's it's definitely giving me manifesto. Um, that's what I will say. It's giving me manifesto. It just don't. It don't. If you know, and if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> she just. It it doesn't seem like she raises them in a 
manner in which they are um what's the word i'm looking for um functional adults or function no not even adults just functional humans they just they just come off very robotic honestly yeah. lisa come off like that sometimes we being honest so i guess that's where they get it from because uh lisa definitely has moments where i'm like are you are you human because you, you like the way that she talks the way that she moves like the the the, the personality that she has or, or sometimes like thereof it's just like am i looking at salt lake city or am i looking at irobot exactly yeah some they they very off-putting to me um and i this funny friend because my next note is that these women have really weird marriages that seem void of love and intimacy it's all almost like they transactions of convenience yes i agree okay here we go we're on the same page i agree like it doesn't seem like and and like I don't know Mormons like that. I don't know the Mormon faith. I don't know the Mormon like everything I've seen from Mormons is weird. But I mean, shit, most religions is weird. Hell. And most of these women on this show, they not even devout Mormons. I, that part also as well. So I don't even want to just li- say it, it's a Mormon thing. I just think they are in general just very like you say, like l- marriage, love, all that is transactional for them. Yeah. It's like it, it's like a stopgap situation. I give you this, you give me that. We move to point A, and then you give me this. We move to point B. You give me that. We move to point C. Like it just like where is the where is the 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 humanity? There is none. It's almost like I'm watching a. <laughs> it's, it's almost like I'm watching a Scientology. A Scientology documentary. Yep. Um, Whitney's dad tells her he wants to leave sober living again after 21 days of the 90 he agreed to do. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, that's nothing but a relapse waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, but as we see in the next episode, he does agree to stay, so that's good. But, you know... I I just, you know, we always send our strength to Whitney. It can't be easy to have a drug addict for a dad um, that's always trying to lean on you and depend on you. So I'm I'm also glad that it seems like her and her siblings, they are they like they showing empathy, but they also stand in their ground like, no, nigga, you need to be in here. You need to get better. Because and I mean Whitney even said it like in the past, you have leaned on us as a means to cop out. To your responsibility that you that you even made to yourself of you need to get better you know what i mean yeah. and also like w- asking them for money you know begging them for money and stuff and it's like he would um he would throw up throw it up in um her face like i brought you into this world like you owe this to me to to um to give me this money to do these things for me because I brought you into this world and we talked about that on Ratchet Reloaded how like your kids didn't ask to be here yeah your kids didn't ask to be here and your kids damn sure didn't ask to ask for their parent to be a drug addict that's your responsibility not theirs period that is manipulative as fuck and I ain't like that and I'm glad that she. Stood her ground like, no, you you can't do this 
no, no, you can't do this no more. You you said you said you want to be better. You said you needed to get this help. You got to do that. You got to commit to that. You can't just be leaning on me as a crutch and a get out of jail free card. Or, or should I say get out of rehab free card? No. Period. Uh, you have a roommate at this damn house ain't got a goddamn thing to do with you trying to get better. Bingo. So yeah, um, we we feel for Whitney, like Jeremy said, we glad she's standing her ground. Um, but then Whitney and Jen get together at Whitney's house, and I'm ready to flame this hoe up. Let's go. Uh, Let's get it. Jen tells Whitney that Meredith Meredith said that Seth doesn't fuck her enough, so she leans on her Atachi more than anything. And she says that Meredith basically alluded to seeking attention elsewhere if she's not getting it at home. Um, Whitney feigns shock and says that Jen better be able to back up her allegations. Um, And then Jen is basically like, oh, I can. And when Jen was um, with Meredith in New York for a trunk show, she says that a man who proclaimed Meredith was love his life was going to marry her before um, making sure she died. So here's my thing. Why is that your business to tell? That part. You literally have nothing to do with what's going on. And you all in this woman's business while lying in her face, calling her a goddamn friend, telling her how loyal you are, how much you care about her. You went on a whole rampage about why you go off on people when you think they being disloyal because you so loyal and you did all of this. And then not only doing all that, lying in her face and being like, well, I want you to open up so we can be there for, for you. You call, you, this is part of being there for somebody? Right. Spreading business and spreading business and gossip that ain't your place to sell? Being exactly. in somebody's marriage or the, the crumbling or, 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 or rough patches or whatever you want to call because I mean, let's be honest, married and self are a mess, but <laughs> that ain't your business to tell, and it ain't your yeah. business to spread the gossip and shit. But also playing in this woman face on my well, I Meredith just thinks she's so perfect. Who the fuck said that? Nobody, if they are putting on a brave face, which I mean, to be fair, they are because again, they marriage is a mess, that's their business to do. It's not yours. It's not. It's not your business to tear tear down the facade that is Meredith's marriage. Why are you so bent on doing that? To a friend, exactly. Who you was pissy about that they spoke to Mary in public places? But you doing this? You taking something that is private that you may or may not know. And then making it public amongst this group of friends. But loyalty is your whole thing. You go off, you you so passionate. Because you're a real friend and you loyal. I don't know no real friends that do no shit like this. Not ever. Because we, we must got two different definitions of, of friend. 
Because, bitch, let me tell you something. Your definition, bitch, you would get beat up. <laughs> Hello? Like, I, I know several people. One of them is on this damn show with me that'll beat your ass for doing some shit like that. No, but for real. Like, you trying to destroy this woman's marriage and then tear down the facade of this... Per- Who the fuck? When did Meredith say her marriage is perfect? I can't tell from all I can tell. Meredith said we just ordinary people. Hell, they marriage ain't perfect. They coming in talking about divorcing and separating. There's some shit going on there. Right. Obviously. And we, me and Candace said this in, in texting earlier. Jen projects a lot. And this is, and this is, and what she is doing here, it is projection. Because her marriage with her husband is not the, the, the image that she portrays that she is, because she is, she is not truly that bitch. She acts like she is. She portrays that she is, but she truly is not that bitch. And that insecurity is eating her up and she's projecting on to Meredith. Oh, Meredith thinks she is so perfect. She thinks her marriage is this and that. Meredith ain't said a goddamn thing about their marriage. Meredith probably don't care what the projection of her marriage is because she knows her marriage is a mess. If she mm-hmm. wants to keep up a brave face, that's for her to do. That is her right to do. It, you don't get to tear that shit down just because you got hair going on over there at your place. Yeah. yeah you, and your, you and your husband don't even see each other half the goddamn year. Hello? How about that? Which we can head right into hot tub confessions. Um, in the opening scene, we see Mary yelling at her son for buying his girlfriend a Prada purse with her money. And if this all we was gonna see of Mary, we didn't need to have Mary on this show. Yeah, like I... we on episode eight, and I believe this season is only episode, ten episodes. What was Mary's purpose of being here? Um. Uh, Stephanie, shout out to Stephanie of Mocha Menace. Uh, she hit me on Twitter and basically was like, um, Mary was initially a friend of the show. When the production changed, she got bumped up to um, a main member. cast member, which still, that's stupid. If you didn't have the footage, you should have left her ass alone. Yeah. I mean, friend of the shows have had, you know, roles on Better the show moments. Shit. Look at Marlo. I, you beat me to it. Like, I just, what was the purpose of bumping her up if all we got was a little tip, like her yelling at her children and knowing that she fucked her granddaddy? Like, I, okay. Basically. Like, okay, okay. The motherfucker's weird. She fucked her granddaddy. And okay, so what else is there? She crazy, Jen crazy. What else is? What do we exactly? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Anyway, continue, friend. Um, we see Seth is back. In Salt Lake City, and he's complaining that Meredith don't fuck him enough. And Meredith tells him he needed to come back and fix shit with Brooks for not showing up to his fashion show. Um, and that they need to work on their marriage. Like I said previously, their marriage just seems like transactions. It don't seem like people who want to be together. 
Agreed. Only only person who seemed like like a couple that's in love seemed like Whitney and her husband. The yeah. rest of them, they don't really seem to give a fuck about the marriage itself, just how they look to everybody else. Agreed. Um, I agree with you. And 100%. that's weird to me. It's really Bro, weird. Can I just Whitney and her husband is a uh they are a breath of fresh air on this show. Yeah. At least so far, because you know, we're failing here. Like if somebody being a bozo, you know, we'll call them out on it. But so far, Whitney has been a breath of fresh air and her and her husband. They just seem like decent, pleasant people. Everybody else, I'm like, what what is wrong with you? Right. Also, also, Steph didn't want to be there because Brooks' fashions is ugly. That's <laughs> that's the other part. Of why. <laughs> that boy fashions ugly. Man. Yeah, I ain't got nothing for his fashions. IKEA but make it. It's like IKEA but make it gentrification. <laughs> that's them damn fashions. That, that that's what Steph didn't want to go because them shit was ugly as hell. It's ugly. It's, it's ugly. The shit ugly. Um, the couples get together to go snowmobiling. Um, but before then, John tells Lisa he wants an early work day so he can spend more time with the kids. And instead of her being happy to hear something like that, she sa- she says, well, maybe they need to figure out a way the kids can start helping with the business. Girl, what is a liquor business? <laughs> I don't really like Lisa. So, yeah. That's 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 what I got. I, mean, I don't I don't I don't really like that lady. Like. Um since that meltdown with Whitney and calling her a swinger and shit like I she's she ain't my cup of tea. Agreed. So, Agree. Yeah. She just doesn't I mean, seem like can... a good person. Yeah. Like we can leave it there. No. Um Lisa girl, fuck you. Continue. Whitney can like we talked about, Whitney convinced her dad to stay in, in rehab and to work on a plan so that he can be self-reliant instead of using Whitney like his own personal bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, but where things get interesting is Whitney dishes to Heather about the rumor she heard regarding Meredith's side piece from Jen. And Heather basically checked her like, you know, that's not my business. If they marriage is open or closed or whatever it is. And unless it comes straight from Meredith or Seth's mouth, you shouldn't believe it either. And it just says a lot about Jen that she would go spreading rumors or if it is true, whatever about Meredith, it just says a lot about her over anybody else. And I couldn't um, agree more. That's probably the smartest thing Heather has said on this goddamn show. So yeah. far. Yeah. That's big facts. That's big facts. Um, gossipers are, I don't know miserable um it says a lot um as we about to find out with the husbands like uh seth meredith and john no seth sharif and john 
um, all get together as the wives are in the hot tubs. And first of all, if you're going to have a conversation about how restrictive organized religion is, be sure not to forget that most of those restrictions are solely in place to oppress women. Hello. Let's, Let's get to the root. If you want to talk about Muslims, if you want to talk about Mormons, you want to talk about Christianities, whatever. Name a religion. Just pick one. Just pick one. All of them have all of these restrictions, and most of them only oppress women. So there's that on there. Yeah. Um the Jen bitch, the nerve of you to be sitting in Merida face while you spreading rumors and gossip about her. But then talking about, I don't know why she, I want her to open up. And you want her to open open up and meanwhile you stabbing her in the back. But when the husbands, when they cut back to the husbands talking, friend, it made sense why Jen is so miserable and spreading rumors about Meredith. Because did you peep that Sharif basically alluded to Jen being emotionally and verbally abusive? Mm-hmm. Because he was like, she she loves saying things to me about the type of husband and father I am to hurt me and get under my skin when I'm truly just trying to be the best husband and father I can be. And we've seen how Jen's mouth is with the ladies in the group. Her yeah. her uh, her verbal assault on Mary, her vo- her verbal assault on Meredith. You know, she feels like she could just say and do whatever she wants to to people um mm-hmm. and it explains why she's so comfortable trying to put all the spotlight on meredith because she probably don't want her own shit to get blown up yeah her we and said, sharif do not seem as happy as she keeps trying to make it seem as like i said earlier projection she's projecting her misery onto meredith and we call mm-hmm. this and we call this one her mirror got into it. her and mary the same type of motherfucker because Mary yep. is a motherfucker who thinks she could just say whatever the fuck she wants to, and it's and Jen is the same way, even to her yep. own husband. Yep. And that's why, um, and, and that's why it's fuck Jen. Because girl, uh, we 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 know who the show villain is. It's your motherfucking ass. Yeah, you messy. You very messy. You mm-hmm. mean and yep. malicious. And the thing is, you don't even stand up in your shit. You smiling in this girl face. Talking about open up, you could tell me anything. Meanwhile, what what little bit you may know, you have gone spreading it around the group. Yeah. You want her you, to open you started spreading her divorce around. Yeah. When you got mad at her. Like you wanted her to open up a wound and you pouring salt on that motherfucker. No, you trash. Very trash. You can go to And you mad that people can see right through you. I see right through you. Evil Knievel. Yeah. You trifling. You trifling the trash. And you want everybody to be miserable along with you. But that is nobody's business but yours. Meredith, if Meredith wants to talk about her problems and open up to y'all, she would do that on her time because it's truly not y'all damn business. Yeah. Well, that was pretty much that on that. Uh, yeah. And John saying that Lisa's idea of quality time is him driving her to the store to get a Diet Coke so she can continue to work. And Seth's idea for how a new successful relationship could work, he says they should go a month or so without any communication with your spouse 
and then have reunion sex. That's what he one of the dumbest white men I've seen on reality TV <laughs> in, the, in a long time. Because that just sounds stupid as fuck, Seth. It really does. Like, y'all just, just get a divorce. Y'all don't like each other. It's honestly pretty evident. Like, just get a divorce. Just just go on about y'all damn business because y'all don't like each other. Yeah. You don't like each other. You don't see eye to eye on what... I, I was finna say you don't see eye to eye on romance, but y'all don't have no damn romance in your marriage. Hell, that's the fucking problem. Just get a divorce. Please. Just get just get a divorce and co-parent and call it a day because this is stupid. Please. Please. Speaking of stupid. One more time, please. <laughs> Hello. Speaking of stupid, uh, we've been gone for a minute, but let's talk about the 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 mess that was the real housewives of Potomac reunion. Part two uh, and three. Uh, <laughs> Part one was the best. Yes. Part two was yes. meh. Part three was spicy muy caliente uh i'm I'm gonna just say like my quick thoughts about the reunions though i say reunions the reunion and the season as a whole then i'll throw it to my friend um most of my smoke honestly is for andy um and the reason my smoke is for andy because it's one thing for the women to choose size. Um, it's one thing for the cast to members to choose size and be in the mess and all that, this and that third. But motherfucker, you are supposed to be the host and the moderator. You are supposed to have a level of neutrality and objectivity that you did not display at all in this reunion. And it makes, even though she went out sad, like you said earlier, Candace, it makes what Nene was saying about you it made it clear, clearer with this reunion. Because you clearly had a vendetta against Monique. And I, listen, I left, I left y'all playing on my face about it in 2020. So I'm not even going to address the social media response. I'm just going to say what I feel and what I know. Because you sat up there and gaslit Monique in her motherfucking face, saying that what she was saying was a lie. Then, then your own motherfucking production and producers rolled the footage back. And it's like, it absolutely what the fuck what Monique said it was. So, like, my issue with you is, Andy, is if you're not going to do your job, then get somebody else to do it. Because your job as the moderator is to be fair and objective and don't and not taking sides. You're supposed to get to the root and get to the truth. And you did not do that that entire reunion. Did not. You clearly had. It made apparent that you just don't like Monique. And if you just don't like Monique, that's all well and good, but get, give your chair up because you cannot host these reunions and make them good, which you obviously out here playing favorites, literally playing it in our damn faces. Like, how the fuck you and your production beefing? Like, you saying one thing, the tape clearly shows another. How that working? You supposed to be the host and the moderator. You supposed to be on the same side as production. Y'all niggas was beefing. I got a conspiracy theory, too, about this, friend. Go ahead, shit. We got time. Um, Go ahead. So, I believe that if this plot to um, make Monique look like some type of trifling bitch by the ladies had started anywhere but Andy's baby shower and post baby shower, he would have remained neutral and would not have cared. 
I believe that he started doing damage control because how convenient is it that you invited all these ladies, but Monique and Karen were not there. And this is where this plot took off at. I believe Andy had a hand in it. Um, I believe he probably saw them and brought up Monique or something, and it got the ball rolling. And I believe he has been trying to make it seem like it didn't happen that way because it, once you ask one question, people going to keep asking questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why was Monique even brought up at this baby shower where she was not in attendance? What did she have to do with it? Why was Sharice there? Y'all cut Sharice out the season. Why was Sharice there? Right. Why are all these ladies, why were these women there to do anything but celebrate the birth of your child? And then it steamrolled to some quote-unquote dinner at some restaurant we still don't know. And then that's that. Like, I definitely feel like Andy is trying to do damage control. Um, and again, in my opinion, Wendy brought nothing to the show. Agreed. And that's okay, because she knew. Okay? Maybe she got to find her footing. You never know. That's fair. Sometimes that happens with new ladies. You see very little of them. Mm. Like they don't give you a good feel first season. Cool. No big deal. Yeah, it happens. All of the things that could have been focused on this season, you zeroed in on this fight that was not really a fight. We had Karen and Ray having marital issues. We had uh, Giselle and Jamal and this sham of a relationship because apparently while I was filming, a lot of this team was dropping about Jamal. That's the other, uh, well, you know what? I said I was going to leave talking about y'all. We had Juan and Robin getting re-engaged and so on and so forth. You had Candace and Chris trying to gain financial independence from Dorothy. You Everybody had all this outside shit Yet it was calculated and plotted for the only thing to be discussed was this fight. Yeah. And then, so you telling us, and this is the part where, where Andy played in our goddamn face. You're not going to make this fight the focal point and then say, oh, but it ain't really happened for no reason. It ain't happened for no reason. Like, I'm going to be honest. I don't care what Monique says. Like, Monique says that it wasn't Anything Candace said that pissed her off, it was all of the stuff that had been going on. It was a combination of everything that set her off. Why y'all being scared to tell us what the combination of everything else is? Because then y'all will have to take ownership for y'all bullshit. Yeah. Like, my what made me, like, over everything was just the performing of it all. That's what, like, by by the by midway through the second part of the reunion, I didn't care no more. Um, and now, granted, I didn't enjoy part three, but like, I was just over everything, you know. Like, I was over the performing of, I was over it during the season, you know, when we was talking about it. Like after that, what I want to say, second episode after the fight, and they were still talking about it, I was over it then. 
like it's just a performance of it. Like th- this entire the, the entire seat ha- la- latter half of the season was focused and solely on this fight so fucking much from everybody. And it's like, bro, we have been watching these housewife shows for 84 years now. We have seen way worse shit on a on a on a on every type of level. And like bigger fights, actual actual fisticuffs. And y'all didn't spend not nearly as much time on those things as you did this. It was just so performative. Like, and and to be fair, even from Monique, like, girl, you damn sure, you stop lying to me. You was mad at Candace. You was mad at Candace because Candace, when y'all were friends, did not give you a heads up that, hey, these two bitches that don't like me is plotting some bullshit behind my motherfucking back. They tried to include me. I wasn't with the shit. I'm just giving you a heads up. Candace didn't do none of that shit. And then when the cameras got to rolling, she was playing in your face, acting like she didn't understand why you was mad at Sharice. You had the right to be upset. But on that shit, stand up in it. Don't play on my goddamn face about it. Bravo, Andy. Don't play on my goddamn face saying that Candace was not the antagonist of that, got, of that goddamn fight. Air quote. Asterisk. Because the being for this show that she was. This the thing I want to have a conversation about as well. The courts throughout the case and the counter case because they concluded that Candace agitated that fucking situation. The blogs had nothing to do with it. I don't care what you say or how you feel. The court system in situations like this does not move on reality TV time. They saw the unedited, unaired footage and determined that Candace was the aggressor. And that Monique was an aggressor as well. And called and the shit a wash. Fu- and called the shit a wash. As it should have been. Because maybe I we have eyes. You, the moment the court saw Monique tell Candace to get out of her space and out of her space, and Candace said, or what? You gonna drag me, Mo? Drag me then and had her fingers and her hands all in that face that belonged to Monique, the judge or whoever that looked at that footage said, she instigated this fight. Because when somebody asks you to get out of their face and their personal space, legally, you have to. Or else you are deemed as being threatening. And when people feel threatened, they react in a a way that they will protect themselves. If you are in my face, you being disrespectful, you got your hands in my face. And I'm like, Jeremy, please get out of my face. Like, please take a step back. You in my space. I'm feeling threatened. And you like, or what you going to do? Beat my ass? You inviting the fucking fight. If you do not want a fight or a confrontation, you're going to remove yourself from my space. You're going to give us some distance. The blogs was not responsible for that case being thrown out. Candace's behavior was. 
I'm just like, I don't, I don't even like, think those character witness testimonies or statements had anything to do with it. It was absolutely the footage. It's like, bro, we got eyes. Like, like we we have eyes. I don't dis I don't dislike Candace. Let me say that. I do. I don't dislike I, I don't dislike I, like I, don't I, don't. Dis- I don't dislike Monique. I don't they got into you. they got into an argument. Some shit hmm. popped off. What like, I disliked the, is living in a state of perpetual victimhood throughout the whole season while being manipulative, calculating, and trifling. Candace turned into Giselle. Like <laughs> the very motherfucker that she don't like, she turned into. Cause like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't like stand Monique. Like, I'm pretty neutral. Don't like the only person I really like on the show is Karen, to be honest. But I have eyes. Like, I have eyes of conversation. You're not finna play in my fucking face. Like, nigga, I you know, I give you a prime example. Fucking um, it's it's you know, fuck it, just call it story time, but it ain't gonna take that damn long. When I was in, I wanna say the seventh grade, like um, this girl in my class slapped the ever-loving fuck out of me and punched me in my face, knocked my glasses off and all shit, cause I was cause I was picking at her. And the teacher walked in, she saw that she was, you know, hitting me and punching me and all this kind of shit, and sent us to the principal's office, wrote her up and shit. The principal, the uh the principal was like, Okay, so you punched him. Um what did you so Jeremy? Did you do anything to provoke this? Blah blah blah. And my little snime ass, I was like, No, nah, I didn't do nothing. He was like, mm, We finna do an investigation. He called other kids into the class that was that the time and was like, and they was like, Uh, yeah, that nigga was picking at her. And he and so the principal was like, Okay, so well, you the long story short, the girl ended up getting three days uh suspended, and I got two days of in-school suspension because what because she physically put hands on me but i did instigate her and provoke her and antagonize her so i got punishment as well that's what the fuck is supposed to happen <laughs> nigga if you provoke somebody you supposed to get punished as well and in this case the punishment was that case getting thrown the fuck out yeah that's what happens that's what happens when you run your motherfucking mouth and talk so much shit that people want to put hands on you and the performance from not only andy the girls on the show, but also on social media, it just drained me of caring about any of this shit. Because yeah. nigga, I have eyes. <laughs> yep. And that, and honestly, I'm glad that it ended in 2020, so we don't have to carry on into 2021, like watching part three and still arguing about this shit. Like we are talking about it now, and we putting it to rest because we was off for two weeks. But nigga, that shit was draining. Like, I can't speak Very. for my friend, but that shit was draining for me. <laughs> Very. Because, Nick, I have eyes and I got sense. And I have eyes and I got sense. And then people telling you that what you what you seeing with your eyes is a lie. Nigga, I, excuse you? <laughs> yeah. That what was so aggravating about it. Because I, expect, I expected Giselle and Robin to carry on the way that they did. Because what, what the fuck else they going to do? They bozos. I expected Candace to carry on the way that she fucking did. Hell, I even expected Monique to do what she did. But for you niggas on the internet to tell me that what I saw in my eyes was a lie. Played in my damn face. It just played in my damn face. But I I blame all of this on Andy. 
for the, for the most part, I still blame all of this on Andy because nigga, your job is to do better, and you didn't. When we got to part three of the reunion and they brought the husbands out, first things first, let me say, it is such a shame that Chris Bassett is married to such a dumb bitch. Correct. Because he has a lot of common sense. However, to see you two motherfuckers sit up there and compare what Sharice, Giselle, Robin, Gigi, and your wife even had a little party in to a blogger that Monique has worked with in the in the past or has you know done an interview with or whatever um speaking on your you being a deadbeat dad or whatever it's not comparable it's not comparable at all it's not because never not once have chris samuels and monique samuels set up with said blogger and agreed co-signed or carry back any of the vile things that blogger may have said about you as a parent or in any way mentioned your children. Not only that, nigga, your own wife has said those things. So, like, what are we talking about here? Um, furthermore, back to Andy. You sat up here and you gaslit, tried to gaslight Chris Samuels, and he wasn't going for that shit. That tone changed quick as fuck, didn't it? I don't give a good fuck how long I choose to talk about a bunch of grown motherfuckers using my child to try to violate my wife. I will talk about this shit day in and day fucking out if I want to. Because again, nobody up until this reunion, nobody spoke on how much Giselle kids hate their goddamn daddy and Giselle keep acting like the shit don't exist. Nobody yeah. spoke on uh, Chris Bassett barely seeing his kids and the rumor mill saying he a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Even though on he and Candace's first season on the show, it was said that he was estranged from his kids. Yeah, by Candace. Because she kept throwing the shit up in his face whenever she got mad at him. Y'all, y'all played in that man's face and tried to gaslight him. And I love the way that he checked the shit out of Giselle and told her to get some help with her hurt ass. Because the fact of the matter is, Giselle's receipts was not stale. You mean Monique? Monique, sorry. Monique's receipts was not stale. And that woman is still doing fucking interviews calling out Jamal and Giselle Bryant as big fucking liars. My thing is how the T how the T still when it's still going. Like that's like I don't it's still brewing. <laughs> like it's still like, steeping. I just want to know what Giselle I mean not Giselle I just want to know what Monique Monique did to y'all for y'all to, to just like be so stupid about this like i'm sorry but like that shit was again i expected from giselle i disappointingly expected it from andy but for y'all on the internet just what what did monique do 
I just want to know. Just like tell me what the Monique did, because you, what you're not finna do is sit here and play in my face and act like Monique is the worst person on that fucking show. That's what you're not finna do. Nigga, Giselle is oh, right she- there. Robin is right there. Candace is right motherfucking there. Ashley Ashley. is right motherfucking there. You not finna sit here and play in my face and be like, oh, well, I just don't like Monique because she terrible. Uh, Compared to the rest of the cast? Nah. One thing thing I can say, I don't really care for Chris Samuels. Um, I think he he treats Monique like an accessory. I think he is a very typical heterosexual black man who was caught saying some homophobic things, transphobic things, mm-hmm. um, saying he wished the women on the cast was a uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner. He would beat them the fuck up and like all that. Try. No, I don't fuck with Chris at all. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't give a fuck about Chris. And but in that, in that. Y'all still don't have a super valid reason because, in my opinion, Monique is no messier than the other women on the show. When people bring up the whole um, shit with Sherman's ex-wife, uh, the Jordan shit or whatever her name is, and Monique, nope, no messier than the other women. Sharice literally brought that woman around to get under Giselle's skin when her and Giselle was on the outs. Giselle literally tried to get Sharice back on the show to get under Monique's skin because Monique and Sharice is on the outs. What are we talking about here? I'm just saying this fight pulled a lot of y'all whole cards that y'all don't really fuck with the quote unquote hood like y'all say y'all do because this was stupid. This was just stupid. It was, on stupid. Every, it was just stupid on every single level. It really was. It, like if this was any other franchise, we were like these, these brawls fought air quote and it was messing. We could have moved on. Like, because we've literally was, done it. We've done it on Atlanta. And I, I want to oh, say, Robin, if Juan Dixon was there, nothing wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I just want you. I just want that to be known. If like, Juan Dixon was there, nothing wouldn't have happened. Nobody scared of no Juan up. Dixon. Nobody gives a fuck about no Juan Dixon. Just you. Just you, the only one still chasing after that motherfucker, even though he don't really he with you out of convenience. Nobody Juan... gives a fuck about no Juan Dixon. Juan didn't even check one of his friends saying that he would suck his dick in Michael Darby. Ain't nobody scared of no motherfucking Juan, Juan Dixon. Girl, shut the fuck up with your stupid ass. With that goddamn no. wig up there looking like a roadkill. Girl. I want to get to Ashley and Candace. Ashley. With the trash taken out itself? I don't even think we can even compare them for what they was arguing about. Because one thing for sure and two for certain, Chris Bassett has not been accused of sexually assaulting the cast and crew on the goddamn show. Every name that Michael Darby has been called on that show, Ashley, it has been well-deserved. He has been caught in the act inappropriately touching male crew members. So I don't know what the fuck you even sitting up here talking about? You are a loser, and I just cannot get behind a woman getting behind her husband who not only cheats on her, he cheats on her. Oh, he, Mike cheat on Michael cheat on you openly, and not only do he cheat on you openly, 
he he says inappropriate things about your co-workers husbands and not only does he say any inappropriate things about your co-workers husbands he does inappropriate things to the people that you work for Correct. Not only does he do inappropriate things to the people that you work for, he shows out in public places like he has no fucking coof and he treats you like shit. And my biggest smoke for Andy is is the the Monique shit, it pales in to, in comparison. Why has Michael Darby and Ashley Darby not been removed from this franchise knowing that Michael Darby has a history of being sexually inappropriate with the husbands on the show and the crew members on this fucking show. He should be removed. That is my biggest problem. That is my biggest problem. I'm I'm so sorry. It's nasty. It's nasty because if, if Michael Darby, and this is why I do not care when men magically want to talk about men being assaulted and abused when when we're talking about women being assaulted and abused because we're sitting here we're watching a man who's a part of a marginalized community gingerly gloss over the fact that men on that show have been sexually assaulted by michael darby it's even been caught on film yeah why is he still allowed to be a part of this show like let's 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 get to the root. Like that's why I that is another reason and my biggest reason why I can't take none of this shit seriously. Again, again, the performance of all of this, nigga. We making this fight. Well, not we, but y'all making this fight like the, like fucking Armageddon. And Michael Darby is still on this show, and he is a motherfucking rapist. Like, what are we even yeah. talking about here? The fact that I got a problem. The fact Man, that. Sorry. Go ahead, friend, because this mother, this pissed me off bad. The fact that, let me tell her how I'm going to say this. Although she absolutely should be gone and never should return, the fact that Phaedra ain't on this motherfucker no more, but Micah Darby is still here, I know you fucking lying. I know you fucking lying. As a matter of fact, the fact that both on two different, go ahead. It's the it's Andy sitting up here during this fucking reunion talking about you don't condone violence. What Michael does to the crew members on this fucking show is a form of violence. It is sexual fucking violence. And for Ashley to sit her big penny wise, wide forehead, slack jaw face ass up here talking about that's how they play. He called him Zaddy. I could be like, I could say, what's up, little daddy to Jeremy? That don't give him the right to slap me on my ass. And this is, I got a problem with not making consent known in teachable moments like this. Because me calling you a name, me saying zaddy or some playful being funny, it does not give you a right to touch me sexually. Correct. And Andy sitting up there cheesing like a fucking goofball, all breathing down Monique and Chris Samuel's neck, but then want to go silent when it's time to discuss Michael Darby and how he behaves on this fucking show. Him and Ashley should be out of here. Sure, let the bitch come back when she divorced. But he is proven again and again and again he is incapable of not being inappropriate with husbands on the show and crew members on the show 
This is the second accusation, and it was caught on film. And that man whose butt he popped did not look like he was in a playing fucking mood. He looked like he looked like he felt violated. Because he was. But we know what it is. He a white man. He a white man. Because if this was one of the black husbands doing some shit like that, they would be gone at the drop of a goddamn dime. They would be out of here. Every name your husband been called on this show, Ashley, he deserved to be called. He's a fucking predator. He's fucking nasty. How he treats you is nasty. How he treats other men is nasty. The shit he says about y'all son is inappropriate as fuck. But I ain't, I know your wide forehead ass staying there because you ain't got shit else. But that just makes you complicit. So, child, fuck you. Fuck Michael, fuck Ashley, fuck Potomac, fuck Andy. And just fuck y'all for playing in my damn face about this this performative ass shit. This this was stupid. This was a stupid way for this franchise to end out 2020. And I'm glad that we are in 2021 and we don't have to speak on this ever again. Yeah. Um, so reports came out initially that Monique had received her contract renewal and that she was going to sign it. Um, but after the last part of the reunion aired, Monique said she quit. And the T pages have been have been steeping and leaking and uh, whistling. The kettle's been whistling, um, and it's being said that because I thought Monique was weak for quitting because I was like, them bitches wouldn't have ran me out no check. They wouldn't have ran me off no show. If they wanted a villain, they would have got one. However, um, a lot of the tea that's been coming forward says that. Bravo absolutely, Bravo and Andy absolutely had their mindset on continuing this Candace versus Monique uh, fight shit. And I don't, there's no reason to. It shouldn't have gone on as long as it did in season five. I definitely would not have tuned in to season six if that was going to be the point of contention amongst the ladies. Um. Giselle's carrying on a whole fake-ass relationship with that pastor. That needs to be a focal point. Robin about to remarry the nigga that cheated on her and treated her like shit. That needs to be a focal point. Candace and Chris are coming from under Dorothy's thumb financial, financially. That needs to be talked about this season. I'm not willing to sit around and listen to you motherfuckers talk about Candace versus Monique again because the shit was stupid. Honestly, if they if they if they lose ratings, like let's say that like if they make another season and they lose ratings, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna happen. It was initially said that uh Wendy wasn't coming back, but maybe now she'll be back since Monique left. Um but yeah, you know, if that's really the truth and they were really trying to keep pushing the Monique and Candace shit. Um, Monique quitting and throwing them off and them having to actually search for real storylines for the season six um, bravo Monique bravo sweetheart we'll see because again I just oh, that shit was just so damn stupid that season was stupid 
as hell. It was just dumb. I'm I'm just, listen. Don't do that shit no more. Cause I beat y'all the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and won't um, apologize for it. <laughs> no Monique. Period. No I'm on my Monique shit. Um that's it. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Let's see what 2020 got to offer us. Hey, y'all ass is on. Please. Um, let's hope these new shows give it to us, which I think they will. Um, and we'll see y'all niggas back next week. Peace, niggas. <laughs>